Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to bring your parish for maintenance to mission. My name is Dan O'Rourke, and we've got an amazing episode today. We're going to be joined very shortly by Father Peter. He's part of the amazing Renew My My Church movement or, or, or process that's happening in the Archdiocese of Chicago as they seek to, to reorganize their archdiocese and then be so intentional about bringing going on mission in this new organization. But before we go there, I want to talk briefly with my co-host, Rob McDowell, and my other co-host. Ron Huntley. Uh, Ron, you'll notice, is is, is absent at the moment. Uh, he he ducked out of the studio to grab a sandwich. He will be back, perhaps, perhaps even holding his sandwich. In the meantime, Rob, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm doing great. It's, it's so exciting to be in studio, and I'm really excited to be talking to Father Peter. He's become a, a bit of a friend over the past little while we've, as we've worked with the Archdiocese of Chicago, and the work that he's doing there is really exciting. Yeah, he is doing a great job. For yeah. Sure. yeah. So uh, help me understand. Now, Rob, you're you're one of our, our, our Divine Renovation coaches, and we've had so many parishes that we're bringing on, in part because Chicago's got that, um, got, they're bringing on a cohort of parishes from from their archdiocese. Yes. Uh, are we seeing changes happen inside of the, the, uh, the archdiocese of Chicago, or pardon me, the coaching team? Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of things. We're constantly trying to ask ourselves, how can we get better? And uh, we're trying to stay well-fed as we're coached. And uh, <laughs> Come on, buddy. We, we, Jordan. I couldn't find our white cups. Where did we go? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Uh, yeah, and so we're, trying to, <clears throat> we're always trying to think through, okay, how can we best serve the churches that we're coaching? And uh, how does that align with being a coach and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so Ron's uh, laid a, a lot of the groundwork for us and we've got uh, a number of samples from churches that he's coached. And so we're constantly trying to drill down on that as new coaches come in and, and say, well, how do you approach this? How do you approach that? We try to capture those questions as much as possible. And uh, we're working on um, something, we don't know what it's going to be called yet, but something to the equivalent of kind of the game plan at St. Benedict, only for us that are coaches for churches when they come into the network. Some sort of a, a process that's not necessarily not necessarily linear per se, but there is probably a, a, a progression for it, but yet it's something that's not... That doesn't pigeonhole everybody. So part of our strategy when we bring in coaches, our, part of our strategy is to be really intentional about multiplying, right? And so our coaches, where are we finding them, Rob? Well, uh, all of our coaches need to have experienced divine renovation in some form. So there's uh, the majority of our coaches have been coached. A uh, few of us have kind of emerged from the mothership at uh, St. Benedict and uh, what we experienced there and uh you know, follow along the, the coattails of uh, Father James Mallon for a couple of years. <laughs> and so <clears throat> whatever, you know, that's that's kind of the, the right now where they're coming from. And we suspect that the next wave are going to be coaches that have been coached by someone in the network. So, you know, kind of the the uh, coaching grandchildren of, of Ron Huntley, so to speak, you know, kind of the people <laughs> that he's raised up that have in turn raised other people up. That's I, I love that. The coach, I, I, it's, I'm, I'm excited just to think of, of Ron Huntley as the grandfather of <laughs> divine renovation coaching. I think it might be time to change his job title. Yeah, because could be. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, grandpa's over there eating his sandwich. Well, <laughs> we keep having the conversation here. Does, but, he, have, does he have warm milk too? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about one, one of your parishes specifically, Rob, because one of your parishes is an amazing pastor. I got to know him or meet him at least uh, in London, uh, Father Michael Nixon. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit what's happened with his parish? Yeah, Father Michael as uh, in Panama City in Florida 
And uh, recently, well, it's getting a little bit more distant, but uh, they went through a, a bad hurricane down there, and I don't know what they've got these, you know, hurricanes, four or five, whatever it is, and uh, came through and uh, destroyed a large chunk of the church, and right now none of the church is usable. And so, and on top of that, they're also a site where, uh, as of yesterday, I saw still between two to 4,000 people are coming every day that they're providing food and water for. So not only are they dealing with their own damages and trying to manage what all that is and, and you know, uh, try and keep their community together, they're also uh, a source for the larger community as well of people. And so he's looking for donations. He's looking for uh, volunteers in the area, whatever the case is. He's uh, partnering with Catholic Charities in that area. And so, mm. uh, but yeah, just just totally focused right now on the uh, the immediate needs of their area. And so... Outside of a text, I haven't personally uh, talked with him, so I don't, I'm not sure all of the details. Yeah, but. what we'll say is I, I, we got an email from him, and I just, I'll just i just read one blip out, out of it. I mean, he shares exactly what you've just uh, shared, Rob, about the way that, you know, that, that community's been struck. But what I loved about his email, it comes right at the end after, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of other things in this email, so I don't want this to be like the sum total of it. But what he says is, you know, he, he says he would love to talk with, with some of, of, of us, some, some of our Divine Renovation coaches, uh, he wants to talk to us about about rebuilding with the mission in mind, and I just love that. Even in the midst of all of this stuff, right? In the midst of all this 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 difficulty, this tragedy, mm-hmm. this you know, what is he doing? He's like, uh, at some point, guys, can can we can we have a conversation about rebuilding with with mission in mind? And I just I just love, and that's I think that's the heart of that guy. Is he's just oh, yeah yeah his 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 DNA like is just from the core of him is is mission oriented uh, just. Uh, loves the Lord and is just a tremendous force evangelistically and uh, mm. uh, just, just yeah, has been leading some amazing ministries there in his parish already and has a long history uh, in evangelistic ministries. And so, yeah, so I'm, ex- I'm excited uh, for him to continue on with us and wh- where that's going to take us and, and the opportunity for our broader network to become familiar with him as well. Yeah. So it, I, I've been praying for him and I know I, I've been praying for others that were hit by that, by that storm. And perhaps if you're listening, maybe you'll feel called to pray for, for all of them as well. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about something we're going to be doing soon, Rob. We're going to be having an all staff offsite of, 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 of our team. That's at least local. We've got a team that's spread all around the world. Mm. And so we can't, we can't frankly afford to fly everybody here to Halifax, but we're, we're taking the team that is local. We're going to be spending some time together off site. Uh, now, St. Benedict Parish used to also do, or continues to do, offsites as well. Yeah. What, is, what are some of the goals when we do an offsite? The offsite tends to be primarily, at least how we've done in St. Benedict, has always been kind of an intense spiritual focus uh, for us. And while we do, you know, like we do our monthly all staffs and we do different environments and things like that, it's a it's a full uh, one one day thing that you know that gets you uh, together as a staff. So if you think if we do. Uh, six, seven hours, mm-hmm. which in some ways doesn't seem like a lot, but that's in one day what it would take us to do over seven or eight months in all staffs, essentially, right? Yep. So it's kind of a very focused, concentrated time. And, and they're always very powerful times. We typically bring in uh, an outside speaker. And historically, or at least in the last few years, I don't know how long the history has been, we have um, dovetailed it with our parish mission. And mm-hmm. so whoever came and did our parish mission would also either uh, the day before or day after, uh, depending on how schedules went, would uh, do the all would do the uh, staff retreat with us. Typically, we'd go outside of St. Benedict. We'd rent a, 
a facility that's outside of Halifax. And uh, yeah, so we've always found them to be very powerful times. I've noticed um, now if you're just listening and not watching, you wouldn't know that Ron has reappeared on set. Uh, he looks. I just wonder why you haven't been talking to me this whole time. I feel ignored. <laughs> you look well fed now, buddy. <laughs> you smell a bit like peanut butter, but you look well fed. <laughs> you see me standing a little straighter, you know, a little bit more energy, you know. So. I was fading. <laughs> you're looking good. Um, so, so, Ron, like you're the one who's been tasked with this particular offsite. Now, you and I have had a couple conversations. Hmm about you know, some of the things that, that we need to do as a team because we want to live our values. So what are some of the mm-hmm. things that you see that, you, that as a team forms, just like ours continues to form? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things we should be looking to achieve? Yeah, well, we often talk when we're coaching, we often talk about forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning, which is the psychology of what teams go through naturally, any team out you know, at your workplace or in a church, doesn't matter. And when it comes to storming, that's never fun. And everybody's going to storm. And it's so common for people, particularly in church settings, like, oh, you're a Christian? Oh, yeah, so am I. We're going to be fine. And as as if (laughs) people who are Christians don't have their own quirks and rub up against each other in ways that create uh, situations that are difficult. And that's really what we mean by storming. And um, I would say that the goal for any organization isn't necessarily not to storm. It's to storm well. And the best way to storm well is to form well, to be intentional. And so one of the things that's really funny about being here at the Vine Renovation Ministry, I was just talking to uh, one, of our, one of my colleagues, uh, Colleen Fitzgerald, and she was laughing how fast things change around here. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really easy to get caught up in the frenzy of change. And, and, you know, I was just talking to Rob and he's like, I have 20 big projects I need to work on. So it's just a matter of figuring out which big project I'm going to focus on right now. And that's our reality. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. But if we don't take time to intentionally form, that's going to come back to bite us later on. And so my hope for our two-day offsite is that we really, we're going to dive into strength finders. We're going to dive into the APEST assessment. We're going to do some really fun things, but we're also going to get to a place of vulnerability. We're going to learn more about ourselves and one another so that we can work cohesively as a team so that when we do storm, and we will, that we'll be able to do it well so that we can get back to normal and focus on performing. Here's one of the cool things, because our team changes, and I think this is, is probably the same for a lot of parishes, whether they're volunteers that are coming in and going, or whether they're staff members that are coming and going. Uh, but because our team changes, even some of our, you know, we've, we've talked about our strength finders before, but our, our team keeps shifting. And so the way that we work together has to, uh, has to adapt to the, <laughs> the changing chemistry of who happens to be around. So true. And so this stuff doesn't really get old. It has to be revisited with some degree of, of, of a pattern or, regu- or regularity. It's true because, you know, one ingredient can change the flavor of an entire soup. One ingredient can change the flavor of an entire <clears throat> soup. And so we constantly need to be aware of how's the soup changing mm. and, and, you know, what type of sandwich are we going to have with that flavor? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad analogy, but I just had a peanut butter sandwich. Now, so <laughs> now, since uh, I'm still, although you've hired lots of people since I've started, so technically I'm not the new guy, but I still feel <laughs> you're, like you're no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, from that standpoint, is this the first time we've done it yes. this way as a as a ministry? Yeah, we've done uh, our last offsite would have been about a year ago, and it was uh, oh, senior right. members and um, and our board. Um, I, we might've excluded one or two uh, team members from, I was going to say, I think it was just, I don't know if we had any more staff. It might've just been all of our staff. I I, I think we might've had a part-timer that we didn't bring. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't even know who we did. Yeah, because we were a much smaller organization back then, Rob. That was yeah. the, the the long, long ago years of, yeah, yeah. of one year ago. Yeah, one year ago. Yeah, <laughs> long, long time. Way, ago. way, way back when. Back, back when it was easy <laughs> yeah. to know everybody's name on team. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So no, we, we we've done an offsite once before, and our, and our board is is we've got an amazing board who are just so keen to get. And they've changed. It. And they, but they've changed too. Yeah. So it's just so cool to see how this this ministry is. Uh, you know, it, as we have to adapt, just like any parish would have to adapt mm. to the changing people and personnel and, and and groupings that we find ourselves working within. Love it. So cool. All right. With that said, we're going to uh, take a pause and we're going to come right back with Father Peter from the Archdiocese of Chicago. Welcome back. And Father Peter Wojcik, thank you so much for joining us. It's good to see you today. Great to be with you. So, Father Peter, you are the director for the Department of Parish Vitality and Mission in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and you're currently... How do you know that? <laughs> I'm reading it off the screen. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. <laughs> that's, how, that's basically how I know these guys' names here in Halifax, too. <laughs> We're hoping that's not news to them. <laughs> Yeah. So you're actually in you're in Chicago right now, right? I am. I am. The weather is pretty miserable. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I can't say it's actually much better here in Halifax. So there's there's probably listeners who have it much better off than, than we do. But uh, so so Father Peter, there's so much that we wanted to have a conversation with you about. But why don't sure. you give us give us a sense first of all? Um, tell us a bit about your role. So you're the director for the Department of Parish Vitality and Mission. What is what is that? What do, what do you do? Well, thank you. That's a great question. I, I think when you think about it, there's three things that I do every day. I, I think my most uh, important job is to carry the Cardinal's uh, pastoral vision for his archdiocese, right? So, so there's a number of us who uh, work with the Cardinal day in and day out, and, and our jobs are obviously are different. My job is to make sure that whatever is his pastoral vision, that it gets executed through the department that I oversee. So, so it's a large department over over a hundred people who are involved in the administration of the diocese. And their job really is day to day to support this pastoral vision that he has for the church. And the second part of, of my job really is to make sure that in this process of renewal, which we here in Chicago call Renew My Church, that we are very conscious of that vision of constant renewal of our parishes. So as we go through this process, uh, we are not only focused on combining or closing or merging parishes, but what we really are focusing on above all is the mission that Christ entrusted us. Help me understand, because I mean, when you said over 100 people, my eyes went a little buggy. Uh, so over 100 people, like, help me understand what the search diocese of Chicago looks like. Like, what, what scale are you operating at? What is it a sure. small diocese, big? What, help us understand what it looks like. So Chicago is the third li- largest diocese in, in the United States. We, we are roughly uh, 2.3 million Catholics. Uh, and just very small two counties, so it's not a very large diocese when it comes to um, to our geography. But but uh, we are pretty large when it comes to to uh, Catholic uh, presence here in Lake and Cook County. We have about 360 parishes. They are divided into six vicariates, pastoral areas, and we have a bishop, auxiliary bishop, who oversees every of those pastoral areas. And, and of course, that requires a lot of administration. So when you think about it, it's because we have the, the biggest Catholic school system in the United States. 
Um, we, we have the biggest cemetery system in the United States. So, so all those things, actually, the biggest Catholic charities in the United States. So when you look at uh, our system, we employ over 13,000 employees here in the Archdiocese. So it is a very large operation uh, that the Cardinal oversees. And um, so the pastoral offices obviously are, are pretty large as well because there's just so much need. And because of our diversity, you know, when you look at the Archdiocese, uh, over 40% of our Archdiocese is Latino. But we have, of course, traditionally very large Polish population. We have very much growing Asian population in uh, and, and the Archdiocese. We have um, our African-American population. And so, so there is a great mix. We celebrate Masses in about 30 languages every Sunday here in oh. Chicago. So, so it's a great diversity. Wow, that is so <laughs> cool. <laughs> brings us together. It's, it's pretty amazing. Oh, that, that's that's wild. That that's really that's exciting. So, okay, you you, you alluded to it earlier. This thing called Renew My Church. Uh, yeah. So, w- what is Renew My Church? What's the vision of Renew My Church? Help me understand where, what this thing is and what the vision of it is. Absolutely. I, I think you got to start. You know, when when the cardinal first arrived here as the Archbishop of Chicago four years ago, uh, you know, I presume like every bishop, his his first question uh, after being introduced said, "Well, w- what kind of a uh, shape my diocese is in. And he really dived in into uh, looking in, into our trends, into where we were, where we are. And what he discovered is not any different than in other dioceses in the United States, right? That uh, our engagement is not as high as we would like it to be, uh, that our numbers traditionally are, you know, uh, 25% down in church attendance, uh, that not all that many people out of 2.3 million attend Mass on Sunday. We are about half of a million uh, people worship with us every Sunday here in the Archdiocese. And so you look at those trends and you say, well, you got to do something. And his response was to really bring the priests of the Archdiocese first. And 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 really was a very good conversation we had with him over a number of meetings of saying, what should we do? And out of that consultation with the lay and with the ordained came this vision that he had of renewal, which then he named Renew My Church. Uh, he took, of course, the phrase from St. Francis of Assisi, and, and he felt like he really was called by Christ to come into the specific time of the Archdiocese to really look at our reality and say, how can we renew ourselves so we can communicate the message of Christ more faithfully, but also more, um, more creatively to people uh, in this Archdiocese? Wow, you know, that is so cool. I love the fact that the Cardinal allows himself to just imagine what's possible and to be led by the Holy Spirit like that and to do something so bold in an area that's so big. Uh, You know, I I believe and I see it all the time. When our yes is big, God can do incredible things. And and that's what I see happening in your archdiocese, uh, Father Peter. I love the team that you're bringing together. I'd love it if you'd tell us a little bit about that, because I think you've done some hiring uh, and stuff lately, and you're building a team to get the results that you feel God's calling you to. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, but 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 before I get to it, you know, uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, there there is a sense of uh, really a vision that Cardinal Supic brought, but but so you know, you know, nobody believed that he actually will stay with the vision, right? You know, <laughs> he, he doesn't really mean that when, stuff, when right? When he Father? talked to the priest, when he announced it to the lay people, everybody said, oh boy, we've been through many of those. Just wait a year or two years and he will forget. He will be too busy. 
uh, it will be too large. And boy, to he, to his uh, credit, he's not you know in any way stepping back, but he's really collectively pushing us and inviting us forward. Which which I think that's the big difference, and that's, that's so cool. really it helps me to answer your question because that is the difference that that really attracts the talent into the archdiocese. Uh, you know, over the last uh, three years of my job in this position. I probably interviewed 300, 400 people. Wow. And, and in hundreds of interviews that I had, it was very interesting how many people were willing to join us because they said they feel so inspired by the vision of renewal and the yeah. boldness of renewal that we took. And, and that's the people you want, right? Because that, that, that's the energy, that's the creativity, the openness that they bring with them um, that really frees you to... Uh, to think outside of the box, to really dare to dream that we can be a better church, a stronger church. So, so when I hire people on our team, uh, with, with, with the team that now works with me, that I also hired, um, what we've done is we ensure that people do two things. First is that they really cherish collaboration. We do not hire single stars. If, if you can do everything on your own and shine on your own, boy, shine somewhere else. <laughs> I need you to collaborate with others, right? Be because we are church. We are about communion. And the communion is very important to us, that we work together and we not only respect the relationships, but we thrive in relationships. And not everybody does. And, and we have to be very honest about other people. And the second thing is that people really are not afraid of change. You know, we change every month. Every month, when, when we go through our pilots of Renew My Church, through our new parishes, when we visit with the pastors, we come back and we say, boy, now we have to change 30 more things. <laughs> and, and the nice part about my team is they really, you know, they feel energized by it. They say, boy, here we go again. And, and, and it takes a special kind of a person to say, that's great. We'll change because it's all about improving ourselves over time so we can serve the parishes to the best of our ability so they can bring people to Christ. I mean, this is, you know, this is all about bringing people to Christ. Father Peter, as you talk, I think to myself, when you know what success looks like, it's easy to make changes because you will self-evaluate because you want That's to right. get the fruit that you say that you've identified. But when you don't define yourself by the fruit you're going after and you define yourself by what you do, then you can actually do great things that don't get any results and keep doing it for long periods of time. But it sounds like your team is hyper focused on what fruit Jesus is calling us to, to well, get well, as a what church. What I heard him say that got me really excited. He's like, yeah. it's, it's, it was the vision that yes. from the car, like that's yeah. what attracted them to begin with. So of course all this change is fine because we're all, we're, we're so laser focused on where we want to head. That's right. That, that gets me so jazzed. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to come work for you. Where do I apply? <laughs> One of the things that uh, I would love for you to share briefly, if you could, is you guys have a five phase process. Would you share with our listeners what those five phases look like? Absolutely. And, and again, the, the process, you know, um, evolved and got developed over the last three years. Mm. So when we started this Renew My Church, we started like every other diocese, right, around the world. So we started and we say, boy, we have way too many parishes to serve the needs of the people because, you know, we have so many less Catholics. People have been moving, especially to warm states. Uh, from Chicago to states with less taxes and so forth. And so we've been losing a lot of people from the archdiocese. Just, you know, a lot of baby boomers are moving to, to southern states and so forth. So, so we've seen this exodus of people from um, outside of the archdiocese. So, so you look at our needs and you say, wow, we, we don't need a church across from the church. 
<laughs> we, it, there's, just, there's just no need. We, we, you know, half of them are not all that uh, filled with people. And so we started like every diocese. And But what we recognize is that if all that we will do is combine our parishes and say to the pastors, well, good luck. Now you figure it out. We fail our pastors. We really fail them. And we fail our people. And so it, we, we just couldn't do it. And, and the Cardinal was very clear about it. He said, I would not allow this to happen. And so we developed this, this five-step process, which is, you know, it's pretty complex. And it's a hard work. I mean, we, we work very hard every day on trying to develop to our best ability on that process. So the first, you know, uh, step really in that is discernment and decisions. So the parishes in our archdiocese, I I put in the groupings, in the groupings of, you know, three to eight parishes. And they collectively meet, meet as individual parishes in that grouping and as groupings together. And they get to know each other. They get to know um, their statistics, their numbers. And then they're given a set of benchmarks from the archdiocese, which we would say you need that as a minimum to sustain the operation of your parish, not only to pay your bills, but to make disciples. You need X amount of money to really hire the right people to help you because the pastor cannot do it all, right? And if you really want to do evangelization, you have to have people who actually are going to do evangelization. And so uh, so we develop a number of benchmarks. We give those benchmarks to the groupings, and then we give them a number of scenarios how this new configuration could look like towards the end of the process. And they engage in this process for, for a few months, and then they choose the best scenario that they like, or they have ability to draft their own scenario with recognizing the benchmarks that we gave them. They send that to the Cardinal. Cardinal has a lay board and, uh, from our Archdiocese and Pastoral Council. He meets with them and reviews that. He also reviews that with uh, his auxiliary bishops. And toward the end of it, he makes a final decision on which uh, proposed uh, you know, makeup of the parish configuration will be approved. So that's, that's kind of a main stage. Mm. Then you have accompaniment stage. And that's what we've learned, thanks to you know, a lot of great people from other dioceses help us to figure out is how important it is when we ask them, when I went to other dioceses and say, what is one thing that you wish you had done? Everybody said the same thing, accompaniment. We didn't accompany people in the top decisions and in a time of transition. We just kind of threw them into it. So we established this whole team, which really helps people to grieve, closing of their parishes, or helps them to uh, really uh, recognize the opportunity with, with new reality. And, and that team engages with parish for, for length of time, whether it's a small groups, um, whether it's, it's uh, large parish groups. However, those gatherings are happening. It's meant to help people parishioners and parish staff to transition peacefully. And we are learning how to do it better um, with, with every uh, part of the process. The next one is, um, which is super important, is uh, uh, transitions and the transitions in operations. And so what happens again, when we ask other dioceses, what, what you would see is that uh, the decision was made by, by the diocese, let's say, to combine parishes and the pastor was appointed and he was said, boy, this is a list. Good luck. Just make sure that list gets gets uh, acted upon. So merge accounts, right? Figure out how to close the church, figure out the new name, figure out new location, all that stuff. We actually have a special team which goes for about six months and spends two days 
a week with the passion his team to really work with him on transition. That's so awesome. they never feel like they're alone, which, which is quite amazing. And pastors really, really appreciate this part of the journey. And then finally, the phase that I am responsible for is called new reality. And so that is the, the, the phase in which once they go through the transition for parishes which are coming together, and some parishes will stay individually as they did before, uh, the question is, well, what will be different? And, and we are focusing on three very essential elements in it, right? That you guys really help us with. First is uh, culture of evangelization. It's not throwing evangelization programs. It's asking, you know, do you have a culture in which disciples will grow? Um, so that's number one. The second one is a healthy leadership team. Um, we call it in Chicago a core leadership team. And the third one uh, is uh, long-term plan. Right? Are you busy just by being busy? Are you busy toward end result, which is bringing people to Christ? And so those are kind of three goals that we try to um, develop and then make operational in this final stage of Renew My Church. So, so that is our process here. Reminds me so much what Father James says, you know, when he's talking about uh, parishes changing, you know, he says, you just can't change your address and your real estate. Right. right, like there's so much more systemic things that are below the surface, and sounds very much like you guys are, are really diving in and trying to attack those issues. And and that's the amazing. But you see, that's what um, I think really attracted us first to uh, divine renovation and and our partnership with you guys is because we, we design. Believe me or not, we design the process before we actually read the book. <laughs> and then uh, I was visiting uh, with Father Tam Rozika in, in, in Toronto, who is uh, the COO of uh, Salt and Light TV. And Tam gave me the book, Father James' book, that he had on the table. And I said, well, can I read it? And he said, oh, just take it. It's, it's yours. I have a number of them. So I took it and I read it on the flight back. And I said, oh, my gosh. I don't know how this guy knew what we were thinking, but he sold all our ideas. <laughs> the problem is he used those ideas 10 years before us. So I got really excited because, because there was 100% alignment in the way Father James t talks about uh, evangelization, the way he talks about transition and so forth, and the way we thought about it. And so to me, that really was a gift of the Holy Spirit. What I discover now through uh, a lot of um, through Rand's help, as he put me in touch with a number of parishes that you guys work with really around the world, is that that also happened in those parishes. Those parishes had it. And to me, that really is the movement of the Holy Spirit. No, I, I, nobody will tell me that the Holy Spirit is not so eager and so ready to renew this church. And I see it in the parishes you guys work with. I talk to those pastors. I talk to the leadership teams. They are on fire um, driving renewal, and we are all in different parts of the world, and yet we use the same language. It's like new Pentecost all over again. Amen. Preach it. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really is. You know, it was interesting. One uh, one conversation I had with you, Father Peter and Marco, who you work really closely with. I remember Marco at one point saying to me, "I can't wait till I can say I've brought one of my friends who are away from Christ home." Uh, to God, and it was just such a—it was a tender moment. But I just thought to myself, that's exactly what we're mm -hmm. talking about: it, is that when people like you and I can empower other people to bring the people they love home to God through our Roman Catholic faith, that's that's what's at stake here. That's what Renew My Church is all about. It's about you know supporting the pastors 
uh, to get the results Christ is calling us to. And it's so fun working with you guys on this stuff. It's so cool. There are other, well, there are other people that have been, you reached out to. I was around it kind of cool hearing you say you talk to other dioceses and stuff along the way because uh, we, you know, armed with enough humility, I've heard somebody say, yeah, we can learn things from anyone. And Absolutely. so I just think it's so cool that you've done that. Were there other consulting groups that you've kind of reached out to or been t- helping along the way? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we spent, you know, I, I think we, we talked to probably every organization that there is when we started this process. <laughs> what we recognize is that, that we were uh, kind of a late in game, right? So, so in the game. So you look at um, uh, United States, at least, and, um, you know, all major dioceses went through some kind of a uh, process of uh, combining parishes or merging parishes, right? From all the way from New York and Philadelphia to Detroit and and, and Boston and Pittsburgh and so forth, right? So, so a lot of large dioceses already were there. So it didn't make any sense for us to presume that uh, we have better ideas or that we are more creative than those guys. We really are so grateful to so many of them because they really were very honest with us to say, if we were in your shoes, we would do three things differently. And they were very clear about, you know, what they would do differently, which was super helpful. We spent time with, uh, you know, with folks over at, uh, um, at Amazing Parish, or um, we talked to a number of groups with Evangelical Catholic and, and um, Parish Catalyst and other groups, which, again, uh, reader, leadership roundtable, all those groups were super helpful in helping us to really steer us in the right direction, to give us their feedback, um, and, and, and also to help open our eyes for what's possible and what's not possible. Right? Um, so we are realistic in the way that we support parishes, uh, but also we are realistic about what we can do together as a, as a team here in Chicago. So it, it really was very helpful. And, and um, now when I look at some of those places um, uh, outside of you know, the Archdiocese of Chicago, some of those um, dioceses, they really have some parishes that, that just are flourishing mm-hmm. uh, because they, they like, uh, you know, like St. Benedict's, they, they listened to where the Spirit uh, was leading them they were bold enough and crazy enough to jump on the wagon to do something different, and boy, things are just happening. <laughs> what I love, what I love, is the extensive approach that that you know that that your archdiocese has taken. And I've always been really very impressed with with the team uh, in, in that archdiocese. Like mm-hmm. you have some amazing, high caliber mm-hmm. people working alongside you there, Father Peter, like it is so cool. You're, you're, you've got like, you know, you've got like the all-star team <laughs> sitting in Chicago. And so like, you know, you've got more capacity, I think, than most to really do a good assessment of what was working and what wasn't working in other dioceses. And so I'm so excited for what, what we'll learn at Divine Renovation about the way that you're implementing the change and frankly, all the sure. other dioceses around. Because I mean, you, you're, you're amalgamating so much in, in, in the process that you're going through. Well, and, and I think, you know, I always say to people, the the common mistake that as Catholics we make is before we ask people for anything, we already apologize to them five times. I don't know if you've ever been to church when, when, when somebody would say, I'm so sorry, but, but we really need more people to help us with our, you know, summer fest. And, and I know how busy you are and I know you have a lot of activities. And so I'm sorry to bother you, but can you help us? I'm like, well, did you ever hear Jesus giving people an excuse not to follow him? I mean, just, you know, it just becomes crazy, right? So, so I think our approach is we, we actually do not apologize and, and not because we are, you know, arrogant or, or 
foolish, but but we would say, hey, this is a sacred mission that, that Christ entrusted to us, and we really need the best people to join us, and people do, and you know, it's unbelievable because they all come from, you know, uh, different walks of lives from very large corporations and, and big jobs. They all take cut, pretty much, and what they get paid, and um, every single one of them that I, that I can think of, but all what they say is, boy, this is this gives me so much hope because they have children, they have friends who have children, and they look at them and they say, I want my child to have the experience I had when I was growing up, right? Amen. That really is the heart of it. Amen. That's so exciting. It, it's true. And I love you. And I hope our listeners, like, take that approach when you're recruiting people to anything at your church. Like, take that approach. Work using your gifts and your strengths to build up the kingdom of God gives your life purpose and joy like you can't imagine. And so I cool. love your boldness and your confidence. We should be confident. We work for Jesus. <laughs> it happens. If, if you do it, you know, we had, um, of course, you guys uh, with Father James for our summit, Renew My Church Summit, just uh, a month ago. Hard to believe it was a month ago. It feels like yesterday. But but Father James uh, talked about uh, recognizing the gifts and calling upon the gifts. And he spoke on the Holy Spirit. And I heard a story uh, maybe three weeks later of... Um, about a week ago, that's right, of one of our pastors in a large parish in the suburbs. And this is, of course, the time in Chicago when we do a lot of stewardship talks uh, because we have to, you know, forecast our budgets and so forth. And so, uh, and that pastor really was moved by the message from Father James. And he said, you know, this year I will do something different. I, I will talk, as I always do, about stewardship. But then I will ask two uh, lay leaders who accompany me to the summit to talk about how they use their gifts in their parish. Not about what ministry they do, but about how they use their gifts in the parish. And what we will ask people is if they have any gifts or qualities that they believe God calls them to share with their parish, just to talk to us after the Mass or give us their name if they're busy, have to run out, and we'll get in touch with them. And they have overwhelming number of people coming forward. And be, because they didn't invite them to a specific ministry, right? What they invited them is to say, I have a gift and I'm generous enough to share that gift with the church in whatever capacity you guys need it. Uh, it, it was wonderful. That's cool. That's uh, a neat approach, isn't it, Rob? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it, it, so often when we're asking for people, whether it's volunteers or finances, right, it, it's there's... They're sitting there thinking, well, they, they've got an agenda, right? And anytime you can put a challenge out and you can communicate this is not an agenda, people are always going to be much more willing to uh, to volunteer, you know. So you take a case like that or where we're not even asking for anything specific. What do you have to offer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it speaks to, you know, what you say all the time, uh, Ron, is don't use people to build up your church. Use your church to build up your people, right? And so often we can just get in and we can feel the stress and we get busy and we need X number of volunteers for this and X number of volunteers for that rather than saying, okay, who has God sent to us and how do we steward their gifts in such a way that we grow them up Amen. in their gifts and abilities and you know ability to lead? Makes so. church so much more fun. Mm. I, so I love that that, was, uh, that story kind of came out of, of, of the Renew My Church Summit that, that uh-huh. you, know, you invited us down to, to be part of. 
And so I, I'm just curious because I got to meet so many amazing people. It was, it was yeah. for me personally, it was, it was a real joy to, to connect with so many people from your diocese, both priests and, and lay leaders. Um, I don't think I actually got to meet many deacons. I think I met like two deacons and they were pretty cool too. So if you're one of those deacons, you were awesome. Um, but like, so was there any other, what, what other things have you heard as, as a result of that event? If nothing else, the, the, <laughs> those, 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 that was it. Nothing else. Those two days uh, brought this unbelievable pot potential, right, of the church. I mean, we we got uh, you know about 2,700 people, which came from all the archdiocese. Now, keep in mind, fifty percent of those people are not working for the church. They were parishioners who took their vacation days to join us on Monday or Tuesday because they really believe in the mission of the church and they really want to support their pastors in this process of renewal. That was just unbelievable. And, and the energy level and the level of hope that was in those days is just keep uh, changing the, the paradigm of our parishes. So uh, just give you a simple example. We Now we have a follow-up evangelization session in each of our pastoral areas our vicariates. And we just had the uh, first one last week. And I started that session by simply asking people, when you hear Renew My Church, what comes to mind? Now, before the summit, 99% of the time, I would hear closings of parishes, merging, uh, you know, all the sad news that, that, of course, newspapers would focus on. Uh, and yet, last week, 90%, one person said, said closings. And everybody else said, hope, um, hope for the future, uh, coming together, unity, vision, discipleship making. I mean, all those words that I said to myself, you know, I, I was ready for a fight, right? <laughs> and there was nobody to fight with. Because because you get it and you're ready to go. So it was so hopeful. Praise God. And, and so I, I just see the Holy, it, it, you know, it's not that. All of it is easy. It's not that everybody's on the same page. It's not that everybody's super excited about this process. We have plenty of people who are not happy, plenty of people who are not excited, plenty of people who would love for us to fail. And yet there is this growing number of people who recognize what really is Renew My Church about, that this is really about allowing ourselves more fully to uh, experience and embrace our discipleship so we are capable as communities to invite others to know Christ so 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 people will flourish in the relationship with God right this is not about the structure of the church this is about people's hearts and their souls that's all what it is about and I think there is a growing number of people who are understanding it and summit was this moment of recognition which was just wonderful we just um, sent out yesterday our first set of uh, videos that you guys uh, of the talks that you guys did, and we recorded those talks. But we also have study guides with them, yeah, and cool. so people in the groups—that's <laughs> awesome—so people can watch it. And then there's questions before and after, and there's a time for prayer. So now the groups in the parishes, because there's a lot of people who couldn't attend it, right? We only could could bring so many people. So now those parish groups, parish councils, finance councils, school boards. They can sit down, rosary group, they can watch a, a video, and they have whole sets of questions which is applicable to their parish. Because this is not about throwing programs at them, it's helping them to recognize that God is at work in their parish today. And if they, if they recognize it, and if they pay attention to it, 
they will do great things. They will continue to do great, do great things. I just get so excited listening right. to you, man. It's just so cool to hear what's <laughs> happening through through your team and through the diocese. Help me. Like, so you, you spoke earlier about how you, you felt like, you know, Chicago was a bit late to the game with all the other restructures mm-hmm. that you mentioned. However, the reality is there's a lot of restructures that are, are, are about to happen or, or mm. are, are forecasted for other dioceses. So that, that means there's a lot of dioceses. And I imagine there's a lot that are, a lot of people that are listening that are kind of staring at a future of this rather than a, sure. a historical past. What would be some of the advice you might give to, to someone who's one of the, that's working in one of those dioceses, living in one of those dioceses, and that they're staring down this restructure thing and they really don't even know what to do? Well, I think the most important lesson that, that we've learned is don't do restructuring for the sake of restructuring. If, if you really are serious about restructuring, the, the first question on your mind is, how will that help people of God to experience Christ more fully? Right? This is really about our relationship with Christ and, and our ability to do it better as communities, to, to foster that relationship in a more effective way going forward. So I think that's number one. The number two is, you know, just ask others for help. Don't, 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 don't try to do your own thing because it's too hard. It's too complex. There's, there's not all that many dioceses which have as many resources as we do in Chicago to really do this work. So, so come and ask. Um, go to a lot of other places. Come to us. Ask the questions. Because I think we all recognize that we have to really help each other in, 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 in this journey. And um, finally, you know, listen to your people and help to inspire your people. You know, uh, we um, there's ton of uh, groups out, around the archdiocese which are uh, reading, you know, Father James's book. We we have a study guide. You know, we love to develop our own stuff, so we have study guide Dude, specifically there, <laughs> uh, for the book, right? That we have it in Polish, English, and Spanish. And, and we have people across the archdiocese studying the book, um, you know, in six weeks and uh, reading it. And there's study guide questions because it's all about, you know, w- what Father James says is what we try to repeat every other, um, you know, every day pretty much here. It, this is not about um, uh, trying to uh, use the same methods across the archdiocese is being faithful to the same principles that we uphold and using the methods that really help um uh, and are most helpful in that specific parish, right? Mm. That owner, that local ownership is key to our success. Beautiful. Mm. Father Peter, if people, because I think you guys are, are willing to ship out or uh, connect people to you, the resources that you've developed for the book, aren't you, If, if uh, in terms of English, Polish, and Spanish? Is that the case or... Sure, and yeah. So we how, have, could they, um, how could the listeners uh, reach out to maybe get a hold of that? Sure. So, so we are, um, um, you know, we have Renew My Church email. You can just uh, go to Archdiocese of Chicago website, click on Renew My Church, and um, there's an email saying contact us. Uh, it says Renew My Church at archchicago.org, and, and, and that email gets to us, and so that's easy. Uh, the other way is we, we are just revamping our Renew My Church website, um, uh, making it more relevant and more helpful for people in the process. So I think that will benefit a lot of dioceses. That will probably be ready in about uh, two, three weeks. We are almost there. And it will have a lot of insight over the last three years that, you know, we, we, we've made a ton of mistakes like everybody else. We, we You know, at first we, we are just learning. And now that we have a little bit more experience, I think we, we, we uh, fix a lot of uh, our own uh, mistakes. We've learned from the wisdom of the people in the parishes and our communities. And now I think uh, that website will reflect that. So that's something what might be helpful to 
And you're also, Father Peter, you yourself are an active uh, social media user. If people want to follow you, (laughs) what's the best way for them to to, to actually be able to track you down? Hey, uh, I am a Chicago priest. That's very easy. So if you are on Instagram or or, uh, Twitter, if you go to at Chicago priest, you will find me. And then you will find a lot of stuff about Renew My Church or these days about Alpha because we are just starting piloting our Alpha for young adults in the city, right. across the city. So so uh, next week it's our first big opening and we are super excited about it. Great that is so cool. One of the mm. other things that we're doing with you guys, we're just launching it now, which is so fun, is we're just starting to coach into some of your pastors who are at that last phase. And so tell our listeners a little bit about what your hope is for that. Well, you know, um, I, I think you, you guys are also coaching us, right? Uh, and and um, our team. And, and we found it super helpful because the outside perspective and the ability to bring the perspective from other parishes or dioceses really is a gift. And change, uh, you know, people say change is hard. I don't think change is hard. The uncertainty which change brings us hard. I think that what really is hard. And and there's a lot of uncertainty because, you know, if we say, well, our parishes have to change the way in which we operate, well, there's a lot of uncertainty. And so how do we support our pastor and his pastoral team to really do their work and feel like there's somebody who has their back, there's somebody they can talk to, there's somebody who will uphold them on this journey. It is a tough journey and we don't want people to feel overburned or left behind. So so the goal of engaging with you and trying to coach those pastors is to say, guys, we really deeply care about you. And because we deeply care about you, we want you to have this resource of somebody accompanying you as a resource, um, but also somebody who brings outside perspective into your parish um, to support you, um, to be your cheerleader, but also to hold you accountable to the vision that we all have to hold ourselves accountable to. Love it. So thanks so much for joining us, Father Peter, all the way from Chicago. I hope the weather turns out there. And more important than the weather, I hope that the culture transforms into what that you know, what the Renew My Church, what the Cardinal, and what you are all praying for it to become. <laughs> so thanks so much for being with us. Thanks much. God bless. Excellent. And so if you are if you want to find more of Divine Renovation, check out our website at divinerenovation.net. Uh, we have this podcast and perhaps you've been enjoying it. And if you have, maybe hit the share or the like button and try and spread the word. We're trying to to reach and impact to as many people as we can in the hopes that we can inspire them uh, to bring their parish from maintenance to mission. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week.